Welcome to Infrastructure in Action, a We Build podcast series about Australia, where we discover the fascinating world of infrastructure, explore the issues and opportunities facing the infrastructure sector, highlight the role infrastructure plays in helping Australia manage population growth and economic development, and discuss the most advanced systems and technologies to minimise risk and maximise the value of Australian investments in these projects. My name is Amanda Rogers and I'm the National Corporate Engagement Manager for Engineers Australia. I'd like to start our first episode by acknowledging the traditional owners of the land we are meeting on and pay respects to their elders past, present and emerging. Let's meet our guests. Marco Asarati, Executive Director, APAC for WeBuild Group, and Lachlan Knight, CEO and founder of construction tech startup Glass. Marco, can you please tell us a little bit about yourself and your company, the WeBuild Group? Thanks, Amanda. Uh, WeBuild is a multinational group with more than a century of experience in building major public works. And Australians will know us probably for our previous name, Salini Impregilo. We helped build uh, the Melbourne City Loop back in the 70s. We built the SkyTrain Bridge and Viaduct for Sydney Metro Northwest uh, more recently. And we are completing the Forestfield Airport Link Rail Link in Perth. And at the moment, we are developing a Snowy 2.0 in the Kosciuszko National Park. Marco. Building upon your last point, uh, what exactly are the features of the Victorian market that make it so attractive for large international contractors like WeBuild? Well, for WeBuild, Australia is the third uh, biggest market uh, together with the United States and Italy. The projects to be tendered in the coming years in Australia are expected to be worth more than 80 billion Australian dollars. There is a strong population growth and economic fundamentals. Given the way Australia and in particular the Victorian government has handled the COVID-19 crisis relative to other Western countries, Victoria's reputation as a market offering huge opportunities for growth with comparatively low levels of risk is only going to grow in coming years. A number of projects are very large by global standards and for us very interesting from an engineering perspective. And most of all, most importantly, we build progressive culture and corporate values aligned closely to the social procurement policies of the Andrews government in Victoria. Thank you, Marco. At just 31 years of age, our second guest is Lachlan Knight. He's the founder and CEO of Glass, a construction software company. It is an Australian startup with a growing presence across the sector both at home and internationally. Lachlan, tell our listeners a little bit more about yourself and your business. Thanks, Amanda, and thanks, Marco, for having me today. My name is Lachlan Knight. I am the CEO and one of the co-founders of Glass. Uh, Like Marco, I'm also a civil engineer. Uh, My career started while I was at university, working on a hospital project, and then progressed through to different projects such as roads, light rails, and metro projects. And in this time, I became very frustrated with the inefficient, disconnected and mobile systems used to record, track and trace projects. Uh, I found it very difficult to use some of the existing systems. uh, And I saw that these problems really existed all around the world where I had worked. 
So the idea really came to me quite at an early age, just based on that frustration uh, and frustration with other uh, colleagues and team members as well. Um, so this was sort of a shared frustration on projects. So that really stemmed from the beginning of my career. Uh, and we really wanted to build something that was really easy to use so that it could help everyone and something that could be used in all different types of applications from quality, safety, environment, document control. And that way people only have to go to one platform rather than going to two or three platforms. Um, when I was working in Copenhagen in the City Ringham project, uh, WeBuild project, uh, that's where really the frustration came to a point where I said, here's what we can do about it. And we designed the platform and WeBuild had a very innovative approach to designing and managing projects. Uh, and we sort of conceptualized it, deployed it. Uh, and we saw really great benefits to that project, both in safety and managing the architectural finishes. Um, so it was a really great collaboration for us. Uh, we've since gone on to work on the Snowy 2.0 project, uh, as Marco mentioned here in Australia. Uh, and we're also working with WeBuild in Norway on their project up there. So it's going really well for us and it's a really great collaboration and really helpful to have WeBuild on board and pushing such an innovative solution forward. Thank you, Marco, and thank you, Lachlan. That was great. Today we're talking about collaboration and the benefits of taking a more collaborative approach to deliver the infrastructure projects that Victoria needs. With its ability to connect and support communities across Melbourne and regional Victoria, infrastructure has long played an essential role in shaping our state. It adds value to the lives of everyday Victorians and underwrites our economic growth and prosperity. With a population of more than 5 million and counting, Greater Melbourne enters the new decade as one of the Western world's fastest growing major states and cities. It's on track to supplant the Harbour City as Australia's most populous city in a matter of years. If Victoria is to sustain this growth and maintain its high standard of living, it is crucial that government, industry and communities work together. They need to ensure that our investments in road, rail and other public works yield maximum value for the end user and also the taxpayer. Marco, from a project delivery perspective, what does the concept of collaboration mean to you? Well, Amanda, I, I guess our industry is hungry of innovation and I see collaboration as a type of innovation. You know, there are two types of innovation, generally speaking. The first is technical innovation such as a design solution to a complex engineering problem. The aim is always to save time and money in the work we do and uh, with uh, safety as a priority. And for example, for Snowy 2.0, we developed a tunnel boring machine that can excavate on a very sharp incline and decline. That means it will essentially do the work of two different types of machine in one machine. But the second and most important uh, is uh, um, uh, the collaboration as a form of innovation. Because this approach uh, is uh, about the development of a framework, contract models, technical specifications, standards, systems, tools and technologies that simplify, streamline and optimize processes. It involves all stakeholders in the delivery of the project. 
So, for example, Lachlan Glass technology is a perfect example of collaboration through simple tools. So, collaboration is the innovation for me. Thank you for that. And we'll get to that in a minute. Do you think collaborative innovation is as important as technical innovation in terms of project outcomes? I believe it is more important because the first is the condition for the second. If we have a collaborative approach, we can have more technological innovation. You know, construction is always seen as a, a game where there is only one winner. And normally we, we start with contracts that are drafted in a way that each party try to protect um, it's uh, it's interest. So there is a lot of time spent in negotiating clauses, addressing what happens when things go wrong, rather than preventing things from going wrong. And uh, this is really the difference in the approach that, uh, for me, is uh, crucial to the success of our industry. All the stakeholders uh, in the in the construction and delivery of large infrastructure projects uh, need to work together ahead of the construction to ensure that uh, the, the project is a success, not that their interests are uh, safeguarded in a standalone way. So I, I guess we need uh, a more equitable and aligned uh, framework, an improved uh, industry culture that creates uh, also capability and capacity and skills to deliver the impressive pipeline of works uh, that is planned in the uh, in the coming years. So collaboration, simple tools to make it happen. Given this argument and the clear need for greater collaboration, how do we ensure collaboration is not merely a buzzword, but a clearly defined and achievable goal? What are the project management systems or frameworks that provide a clear pathway to greater collaboration? Well, I would say that uh, it is very critical to put projects uh, at the center of the conversation rather than the interests of each parties. And this means uh, that we, as, a, as the stakeholders uh, in this industry, we have uh, to work uh, having the success of the project in mind. In recent years, governments have utilized alliance models to deliver a number of major projects. And this is very much so in, uh, in Victoria. The alliance model typically involves uh, a situation where uh, each party uh, deals with uh, risks and liabilities and responsibilities of what it can best handle. So it's a way to minimize risks and to uh, manage them based on the best for the project uh, outcome. And there are examples in, uh, in Victoria, recent examples, such as the level crossing uh, removal program, or uh, recently the suburban roads upgrade um, uh, works. And this is where uh, contractors, uh, the governments, uh, work together with simple tools, uh, recognizing each time 
what is the best parties able to handle a specific uh, risks as it eventuates. This adds value to the outcomes, to the delivery, and uh, makes uh, the um, relationships and the way projects are handled less uh, adversarial and more committed to the final success. Okay, so then what exactly are mega projects and how do they differ from projects such as the level crossing removal and suburban roads upgrade programs, both of which come with multi-billion dollar price tags? Well, I would not consider these projects to be mega projects. They're big, they're huge. They have a big size, big cost and of course, future benefits. But there are more uh, multiple small to medium-sized projects uh, in a sequence. They are grouped together to be more efficient and easier to communicate. Uh, but while uh, this, of course, makes sense uh, for government to uh, manage these types of projects in this way, I think that uh, they are not mega projects in the strictest uh, sense of the term. So, what exactly is a mega project? Well, to earn the label mega project, if I can say, the project must not only be big and offer social and economic benefits, but also result in the creation of a major piece of infrastructure that stands on its own. Just as a way of example, I would describe Melbourne Airport Link uh, or the Suburban Rail Loop as mega projects. Uh, projects uh, that are mega for their size, for their complexity, for their technical challenges, uh, and for the internal interfaces uh, within uh, the, the perimeter of the project. Thank you. So what other options are available in terms of project management and delivery models or frameworks that can deal with the complexity and scale of mega projects? Well, this uh, goes back to collaboration, as we said before. Both governments and industry are now viewing a more collaborative approach to building mega projects as the best way. And the Andrews government clearly has the vision and the genuine appetite and political capital to implement it. Victoria has reached a critical mass in terms of size and scale. The delivery of a series of mega projects have become an absolutely essential to maintain the livability and prosperity of uh, Victoria. We have reached the, this critical mass because of the unprecedented rate of population growth that Melbourne and regional Victoria have experienced in recent uh, decades. The scale and complexity of these types of projects and the challenges they invariably present require extensive experience and expertise. We build, for instance, has been building for more than a century, and we have the experience and organization, organizational structure and culture required to execute feats of engineering and manage complex administrative regimes that are essential for ambitious and often unprecedented mega projects. It is absolutely crucial that we move towards a more collaborative approach 
to building mega projects. We need to bring everyone to the table to work together and find the best outcome for stakeholders. Can you present in greater depth the characteristics of a more collaborative approach? Well, I will start from a word that is simple, simplicity. Simpler contracts can help understanding and sharing risks better. And this, as I said at the beginning, is innovative. We should not be entrenched in our position. We should not solve problems after they have eventuated. We should resolve problems before they eventuate, before they happen. We need a more direct and engaging community consultation and communication. This is necessary to have the communities as the core of the project. We are building for the communities, for the customers. And we need tools, a framework that helps collaboration. And this is made of uh, delivery platforms, for example, such as the one uh, that Lachlan is speaking about. Is made of uh, simple tools uh, helping everyone to take the best decision at the, at the right time in order to deliver successfully the project. So, Lachlan, tell us a little bit more about Glass. Thanks, Amanda. So Glass Pro is our enterprise solution. It's an adaptable construction management platform that connects enterprise contractors, clients, and third parties undertaking large-scale infrastructure projects. The platform was originally founded on engineers' common frustrations, as I mentioned, uh, in the field, having to use paper, scan that paper in and name it and upload it to somewhere. It was a very time-consuming process. And so Glass Pro is a cloud-based solution. It's built on Microsoft technologies and it's hosted with Microsoft Azure for reference standard reliability, performance, and security. So all the information is encrypted. It's stored within country, backed up multiple times in multiple data centers. Um, so that's been a really great collaboration that we've got with Microsoft. Uh, the main part about Glass is that it's really easy to use. As Marco was talking about, we need simple tools. And the way that Glass is built up it has construction-specific modules with configurable templates that are all very intuitive and simple to use. And it's designed to help everyone from the foreman in the field all the way through to the project director in the office record, track, and trace, and understand how the project is progressing. Thanks, Lachlan. It sounds great. So how does Glass facilitate and drive a more collaborative approach to project delivery at an operational level? Well, with everyone connected in one place and everything in Glass has name, date and timestamps, it's an irrefutable permanent record for both the contractor and client. So when Marco is mentioning about sharing risk, it's a collaboration that goes both ways in real time. And this minimizes the overall number of claims, variations and disputes throughout the construction phase. When all parties are collaborating in real time, it increases efficiency as people are using fewer systems and it improves transparency by having people work off the same records. So based on that, can you describe how Glass works in terms of the user experience and the benefits for both client and contractor? Sure. 
So the platform is built with the Glass Core. So this is inbuilt functionality and tools that comes with Glass Pro. Then our clients around the world can choose from construction-specific modules that they'd like for the processes that they'd like to manage. They can then choose their own templates, and these are totally customizable and configurable to each individual project. Uh, and this means that they're reporting everything in real time, and it's applicable to their individual needs and requirements. We found throughout the development of Glass that our most popular modules have been health, safety, environment, quality, document control, and diary modules. The benefit to the end users, which are our directors, managers, engineers, and foremen, is that everyone has the entire project's history as a digital blueprint. They have it with them anywhere, on any device, online or offline, because Glass is device agnostic. So whether you're on a plane or on a train or in a tunnel or just in your office, you can always access the latest information about the project and minimize risk. Now, the broader benefit to projects is that it's a configurable platform in the sense that it can be customized and configured to both individual and project needs. And with Glass, we train everyone. So when we're doing the implementation, it's not only configured to their needs and requirements, everyone is trained by our team so that when we leave, they're the Glass experts. Thank you. Um, moving to in terms of quantifiable outcomes, um, can you point to any recent projects in which Glass has delivered benefits as a product of greater collaboration among the client, contractor and third parties? Thank you. Absolutely. Look, I think I'd reference back to the project in Copenhagen, the Searingen. Uh, so with traditional systems, for example, if we just take safety inspections, uh, you might have to do a safety inspection on a piece of paper, take some photos on your phone, come back to the office and sort of stitch the photos up into a Word document or an Excel template, print it off, hand it to the foreman, go out, get signatures, complete it. Now with Glass, there was actually a 250% improvement in closeout of safety issues and a 65% reduction in non-conformities on that project specifically. And this was achieved thanks to the platform because it had the client, the contractor and subcontractors all working together seamlessly digitally in real time. So as issues were identified, people were notified and consequently were able to close out the issues much quicker. Um, so it was a real collaboration together with all those different parties. Well, that's all we have time for today. Tamako Maserati from WeBuild and Lachlan Knight from Glass, thank you for sharing your insights to help further what is an ongoing discussion on such a critical subject. And to our listeners, thank you for taking the time to listen to episode one of our podcast series. We'll be back again next month with our second episode, in which our attention will turn to the challenges of attracting and developing Victoria's next generation of infrastructure builders and engineers, very close to Engineers Australia's heart. If you enjoyed the, this podcast, don't forget to like, comment and share on social media. I'm Amanda Rogers. Thank you.